Um, so we're going to do the talking part right here. We're doing things differently because we're talking about something a little bit different than we, the normal church kind of thing. We're talking about the fact that it is okay to act, to not act like everything is okay, which is a crazy concept, <laughs> especially when you come to church sometimes. Because when you come to like church environments sometimes, this idea that it's okay not to act like everything is okay is just astounding. Um, we're, we're not sure that it's really okay to, to think that or to feel that. Because our kids are always singing these songs like God's got the whole world in God's hands. And then our life feels a little out of hand. And so where does that leave us? Or they're singing, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And all we want to do is just turn off the lights and put our heads under the covers for a little bit longer on a Sunday morning. What do we do with that? When life and kids aren't perfect, we can feel in some ways a little bit less than, a little bit less than worthy and deserving of love. Like if we really loved Jesus, then certainly we'd love to wake up, put on our smile, get our 2.5 kids together in their sailor outfits and pose for a family photo, because certainly the queen and the king would be our parents in the midst of that. And we'd uh, go to church, and we'd love the part where you shake hands with people. That'd be our favorite part of all of it. And we'd love singing the happy VeggieTales songs in the midst of this life. You know, we'd be hashtag blessed. But some days, it's hard, isn't it? Some days, it's hashtag not okay. Some days, your high schoolers don't want to put on their sailor outfits, no matter how hard you try. And what do we do then? If you've ever felt in a church space that it's not okay to not be okay, I'm so incredibly sorry. Because our faith stories are so complicated. They're not all happy, happy, joy, joy all the time. And in those times when we are not okay, God is with us, our faith says, especially then. Amidst those moments when you feel most disqualified, God says and whispers into your soul, I love you with an unqualified love. I see you, I hear you, and I am near you. I am with you. Even though you may wonder about that, God is big enough for our wondering, for our question and our doubt. And in those moments of suffering and struggle, God is with us in solidarity. Faith is hard. Life is hard. There are times when it is not okay. And it was that way for Jesus as well. Jesus didn't walk around his whole life in green pastures carrying lambs with him as he went through this world. Sometimes he walked through real streets occupied by empire with the hearts of his people on his heart and scars on his hands. And though his friends were fishermen who endured shipwreck, none of them were in sailor outfits, let's just say. But we can miss that real life in the midst of this. That's why I'm so grateful to be a part of you, to be a part of a community like this where we can gather together in the midst of real life and real questions and real struggle, to be together in not having it all together, but to be held together by a God whose love is with us and for us and before us and never above us looking down but meeting us right where we are even on those days when we are hashtag not okay. 
But it's not just this community. Um, you don't always see this, honestly, in our traditional American religious expression in which success and, and triumph are the marks of God being in your life. Even though the Bible says that divine fruits are things like patience and faithfulness and long-suffering. Though we may not see it all the time in our culture, this kind of gathering together amidst not-okayness is part of the deep shape of our historic faith traditions. So in the library of texts that we collect in the Bible, there are lots of inspirational poems and confident writings about God, sure. But there are also poems of struggle and question, of doubt and deliberation, of poems and psalms of lament, of sorrow, of frustration. A common misconception is that places like the Psalms, kind of the the poetry in the Bible, only contain these uplifting words of comfort and praise. But it's only a misconception because we only read the pretty ones with the lambs and the green pastures and stuff. But instead, the Psalms are rough-hewn from real life, from earthy experience, and from all of it. And they remind us that God is with us in all of it, in the shipwreck and the sailor suits, the whole spectrum, God is with us. So in the Psalms, um, you see soaring exaltations that show up, that certainly show up in places like Psalm 100. It says, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. But they appear side by side with laments, like in Psalm 6. I am worn out from my groaning all night long. I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. In frustration, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. Bold interrogations of the divine, like, how long, Lord, will you hide yourself forever? Psalm 89. So yeah, read the Psalms. And when you read them amidst these questions of how long, why, God, where are you? in which they ask these serious questions of struggling and seeking, where they wrestle with the systems and structures of injustice and oppression in our world. When, they, when you read the Psalms, you see that it is okay to not feel okay all the time. And that realization can relieve us of the burden of having to be holy without being human first. So Kathleen Norris, um, she spent some time with the Benedictine monks who pray the whole of the Psalms as a part of their practice. She writes that the Psalms demand that we recognize that praise does not spring from a delusion that things are better than they are, but rather from the human capacity for joy, even amidst struggle. The fact that joy endures right where we are in the midst of this life is what makes praise so transcendent and deep and real. So we may only read the pretty parts of the Psalms sometimes, but for Judaism, uh, for the early followers of Jesus, in places like the Benedictine monasteries of today, the Psalms, all of the Psalms, form the prayer book and the hymns of the community. But our modern religious expressions, we have a hard time embracing the messy, unresolved psalms in life, uh, in our prayer, in our worship. For instance, uh, in the psalms in the Bible, about 40% of them contain lament. About 40% of those. And I'm trying to think of like four songs that we sing (laughs) that have that in there. Uh, And we try to be pretty real around here. We need to do some more Radiohead songs or some more Kendrick Lamar or something like that in our worship. 
And that's, that's okay. That is okay. Uh, we come together to connect to the more and the good and the God who loves us in this world. And being uplifted is one of the most powerful parts of community and worship. But if we forget to be real amidst that, we forget what it is that we're praying for, where our praise comes from, what it is that we're working for, what it is that we're hoping for. We forget that God is big enough and good enough and near enough to be present with us in the midst of real life, all of it. So the Psalms hold space for the whole of life. And holding space is, is a word from caregiving and therapy. To hold space for someone is simply to sit with them in the midst of their struggle, in their pain, without judgment or solution, and remain present and attentive to them, no matter the outcome. The Psalms are, I think, in a sense, God's way of holding space for us. They invite us into the whole of human expression to rejoice to wrestle, to cry, to complain, to offer thanks, to shout frustration before our Maker without self-consciousness and without fear. Because life is full of joys and sorrows that don't neatly resolve into major keys. God knows that. Our, our scripture tradition knows that. And so why do we forget it sometimes? Why do we feel like it's not okay to not be okay sometimes? So in the, in the marvelous book, The Prophetic Lament, um, Soon Chan Ra explains that lament challenges our status quo by crying out for justice as a counter to kind of our, our traditional religious hubris in which we focus on trumpeting our successes. Instead, the lament does this. He writes, in the absence of lament in the liturgy of the American church results in a loss of memory. We forget the necessity of lamenting over suffering and pain. We forget the reality of suffering and pain. And so here, we don't want to forget real life, real hurt, real pain. We don't want to forget so that we can remember to care for each other in real life. And so that we can be, remember to be a part of changing and working to change this world. We remember that we come into this place often amidst grief and loss and guilt and shame, anxiety, insecurity, uncertainty. We feel excluded or unseen or unknown in our lives, but we gather into this place amidst real life. We gather to encounter a God and a community that sees us and is with us in the realness of it all. And so we have to let ourselves be seen there. So we don't want to forget that we, that we gather amidst a world of real struggle as well. And the apartments around us, the neighborhoods around us, the lives around us, people feel worried and unsafe, uh, insecure and anxious. We don't want to forget that. We don't want to forget the pain and the conflict and the division and prejudice that's in our world right now. All of that is a part of our lament and our prayer. We don't want to forget things like right now happening in St. Louis this work for inclusion within the larger global church. We don't want to forget the reality that in many churches right now, most churches, the LGBT community especially are excluded and in great pain because of that. We don't want to forget that. That's part of our lament and part of our prayer. 
In our forgetting, we can forget sometimes that, the, that in many ways the source of much of our pain is systemic, and we forget the part that we play in that as well. So we don't want to forget our own history as well and the way it plays into that, that Denton has been geographically divided across racial lines that create real differences in outcomes, and that our school zones still reflected in many ways. We don't want to forget that our city once was home to native peoples, the Wichita and the Caddo and the Comanche and the Cherokee people who live here no longer. We don't want to forget that because all of that lament is part of what we come to God carrying. In the midst of our lives, in the midst of our prayers, we come carrying all of this. And in lament, we simply say, God, help (laughs) We need a power. We need a love. We need a healing that is greater than ourselves, our circumstances, and our history. We need you, God. Your healing, your reconciliation, your forgiveness, your kind of love, and your kind of transformation. We seek peace and hope and restoration and flourishing and life and shalom for all people. And we seek these things because we need them. Our world needs them, and we need God's help, God's grace, God's transformation to get us there. Our prayers are simply ways of saying we need our God. And it's that last statement that's the power and the beauty and the mystery and the power of lament that we lift these things up to our God, a God who says to us, you are mine, my beloved child, a God who sees us and knows us and hears us, who calls us beloved, and most importantly, is at work with us and in us and through us and for us in our world to bring about those very things that we are seeking and invites us to be a part. Our God is not a God who is put off by our cries and our prayers, but our God is a God who hears them and pulls near. So lifting up lament is not about challenging our faith. It is our faith. It's our faith in action. Because it has faith that God is the one that these cries should be lifted up to. Amidst the shipwrecks and the lament, there is beauty in that faith, even when it seems like we barely have any, because it is a faith that is not shallow that doesn't have to be okay, that doesn't forget, but it comes just as we are, seeking God from the deepest and the realest places. And in those deep, real places, we meet God, the God who is holding space for us there. In those deep places, who tells us, I hear you, and I am here with you. And that changes everything. Lifting up lament to God is not challenging our faith. It is our faith. And so today, in our time uh, together, we're going to take some time to read and and to pray and to be from a place of lament. We're going to let the Psalms uh, guide us, uh, some of the Psalms that we sometimes skip over headed toward the green pastures. But instead, we're going to lift them up out of the depths of where we are right now for our world. 
We're going to lift up those places where we want to ask, why? Where are you? How long? Help us. In trust and in faith that God is holding space for us this morning. That God hears and that God is with us right here. So your prayers in this practice that we're about to do, uh, they may be for yourself. uh, They may be for a friend. They may be for our world or our past or our future. You might not even have words to pray right now. And that's okay. Uh, in, in Romans 8, 26, there's this beautiful, beautiful verse that says that the Spirit, this God that meets us in our shipwrecks, helps us in our weakness. For when we do not know what to pray, that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And when we don't have words in some ways, those sighs are where we meet God. And so know this. God meets us in the depths. And so trusting that, here's what we're going to do. In your seat, you'll find those rocks that we mentioned. I just want you to hold those in your hands as a reminder and a symbol of some of the laments that we carry with us. And we're going to read some of these psalms together, and each section that we have ends with one of those questions, those real questions that is asking Where? How long? Help us. And in the space after we read that, we're just going to be silent for a little bit. You can close your eyes. You can leave them open. And fill in your own prayer there, knowing in this place that God is with us and holding space and holding us in this time. So let me pray for us, and then we'll read these psalms together. God, thank you for hearing us. God, there are times when we feel unheard. And so this morning, as we lift these up, we just thank you that you are big enough to hear us. God, that you are with us when we are not okay. God, that you are holding space for us without judgment, but with pure love. God, our hearts are heavy for ourselves, relationships, for our world, for those who are hurting. Hear our cries, O Lord. Cries to you from the depths of our lives. Amen. Let's read this together. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hold your face from me? How long must I bear pain in my soul? And have sorrow in my heart all day long. How long? Lift your prayers. my food day and night, while people say to me continually, where is your God? Where are you?
rouse yourself. Why do you sleep, O Lord? Awake, do not cast us off forever. Why do you hide your face? Why do you forget our affliction and oppression? For we sink down into the dust. Our bodies cling to the ground. Rise up. Come to our help. Redeem us for the sake of your steadfast love. Help us, O God. So in these moments of lament, whether for ourselves or for others, for our world, we come face to face with that deep reality that we need God. The one we say, please be my strength. The more, the the higher power, however you name that, we need God. We have longings and hopes and hurts higher than we can reach on our own. We need healing beyond what we can wrestle from ourselves alone. We need God. And our prayer can be as simple as that. Please be my strength. In those times that we need that prayer, it seems to just burst from our lungs. And the reason that these these cries and laments feel like they need to burst from our lungs is because we know that they need to be heard by the God who can hear them, by the God who is big enough and good enough and peace enough and love enough and mighty enough to take them on, the God who is life enough to make a new song from our cries. The cries must go out because there is a God who takes them in and is at work. That's how our souls were built. And that's who our God is. So I said that 40% of the Psalms have elements of lament in them. That means that 60% are something else. And that's not bad for poetry, right? right? 60% are something else because lament is a part of the story But it's not the end of the story. Though it may be the main story for a season or a recurring character throughout the whole arc. Lament is us reaching out, but the mystery of it all is that there is a God who is reaching back. And you may find a glimpse of that today. You may find that in a season. But if you seek, you will find. And so Psalm 13, which we read from today in our prayer exercise does not end just where we left it, but it keeps going. It asks those questions, how long, where, oh God, help us. And it leaves, it asks those questions in honesty and lets the air clear and there's silence and stillness. But as the psalm finishes, you can almost hear that huge sigh. That sigh that is deeper than words. And then it says this, but I trust your faithfulness. 
I trust. I'm trying to trust because I need you, God. My heart will exult in your deliverance. And so when that deliverance comes, I am ready to exult. But until then, I will sing to the Lord. For God has been good to me. In so many ways, through so many graces, sometimes we forget that too. The goodness of our God. That God has been good. That it gets better. That we are loved every step of our journey. And so this morning, I want to invite us to finish our prayer time by saying that together. And if you can't say this part of the psalm yet, that's okay. Just let it be spoken over you. Let's say this together. But I trust in your faithfulness. My heart will exult in your deliverance. I will sing to the Lord, for God has been good to me. You have been good to me. Take a moment just to lift up the ways that you can remember that. Because there is a God who is good, who is with us, it is possible to fail and not have our faith fail us. It is possible to lose our ships and not lose our souls and not lose ourselves. And when we come through the shipwreck, through the lament, being real about being not being okay, we will come out through the love and the goodness of the God who is with us changed deeply. Because we have a God who meets us in the deeps with transforming love. And that God is good. And that God is able. And that's the answer our prayers need. So our kids at Open Kids last week, um, they drew pictures of ships in the storm. And uh, all the kids were told to place their worries uh, on this picture in the clouds and their sources of strength in the boats. And this kid apparently is worried about zombies and ghosts and vampires, which is a thing to be worried about out there. You always want to keep one eye on that part of the story. Uh, All of them did this. They put their worries in the clouds and their strength and their security in the boat. I think it's beautiful. All of them did this except for one girl who did something different with hers. She put her hopes in the boat, and she put them also in the clouds. And I thought, that's cool. And then I heard who it was that drew this particular picture. Uh, it was this bright light, this deep light of a kid named Sophie, who has found hope and strength and peace in something beyond the boat even at her young age, because she's had to. Last year, uh, she experienced one of the hardest seasons imaginable. Uh, Her very best friend, her soul friend, Kaylin, after a long struggle, passed from a childhood illness. And Sophie, amidst that shipwreck, walked with her and loved her 
through that all with lament, but with a love that was beyond, beyond her age, beyond her depth, beyond the circumstances of the boat, beyond this life alone. It's that kind of love that is more, that kind of love that is divine, that draws on the strength and the depth and the faith that is just beyond, that is from God. Because she knows there's hope in the boat, there is, in us, in our relationships, in our community. But there is also more. There is hope beyond the boat and with us in the boat because there is a God who can, amidst our cries, lift us and love us higher than we can ever do in our own strength. That experience was so very hard. But there was a God who loved them both with a mercy and a strength and a nearness and a tenderness that lifted them and enabled them to do hard things. And that same power, when we are not okay and when we're in the midst of our lament, allows us to be more and love more and survive more than we ever could in our own strength. And so when Sophie drew her strength, she drew it in the boat and she drew it in the clouds because she knows that there are cries that we lift up that can only be held in the God who hears us. The God who holds us and holds space for us and holds us together when we can't on our own. The God who has the whole world in God's hands. The God who loves us more than we can imagine. Who is more. There is hope in the boats and there is hope beyond. And that hope changes everything. And so when we speak out laments, we speak them out because there is a God who hears them and is near and is so much more. And that God is good. And so we can say this, I trust in your faithfulness. My heart will exult in your deliverance. I will sing to the Lord For God has been good to me. You have been good to me. In our laments, we are not forgotten. May we never forget the wonder, the hope, and the strength of that simple, deep thought. And may we learn to sing our songs of praise to the strength that is more, that is with us amidst all the Psalms. Let's pray together. Gracious, loving God, thank you for being with us. God, thank you for being in the boat and for being beyond. God, thank you for hearing our cries and our laments, our wares and our how longs, and our cries for help. God, they burst from our soul because you receive them. As we continue, as we lift our praise amidst the struggle, help our songs from the depths of us. God, meet us, transform us, that we will exalt in your deliverance. We pray this because you are good.